Hello, and welcome to a whole new series of Wise Children's Detention with me, Emma Rice. We're back because, at the time of recording this, it's the night before I start rehearsals for my new show, Mallory Towers. Lots has happened since we last talked. Wise Children, the show, finished its run at the Old Vic and then went out on a tour of the UK. I was in it for a while and we also filmed it for cinema release. Look out for the dates later this year. But for now, Wise Children, the company, that is myself, and a whole army of actors, musicians, technicians, stage managers, designers, producers and administrators are turning their attention to Enid Blyton's Mallory Towers. Don't worry, you'll get to hear from all of them over the next few weeks. But what I wanted to talk to you about in this episode, the first of the new series, is why Mallory Towers? It all started when the producer, David Pugh, who I'd worked with before on Brief Encounter and Rebecca, sent me a vintage set of the books wrapped in brown paper. My heart leapt. But why? I hadn't even heard of the books at that point, so why did I have such a positive and instinctive reaction? My own inner-city comprehensive education bore no relationship at all to this boarding school perched on the Cornish cliffs. On paper, this should not have been a project that appealed. Perhaps it was the nostalgia. Gorgeous, androgynous girls donned the cover in low-legged bathing costumes and ear-crushing swimming hats. The rugged Cornish rocks, beautifully illustrated in browns and golds, made them look like fine young goddesses, a picture of natural pride and potential. I opened the cover and started reading. The next thing that hit me about Mallory Towers was what a fantastically enjoyable read it was. Fast-moving, funny and epic. There was no putting it down. Of course, Mallory Towers is no Pericles, so perhaps it was easy to read because of its simplicity. But I'd argue not. Character-driven and painfully well-observed, Blyton has created a group of people that are so gloriously recognisable you feel immediately invested. No period piece this, but a mind-messing time warp. My own school memories began to bubble and mingle with those of these fictional girls. But why? Their school experience was so much better than mine. Perhaps my response was aspirational. Perhaps, with these books, I could turn back the clock and finally have an education that touched and inspired me. Perhaps these books could make up for the friendships I didn't make at school and the sense of community I never felt. Don't misunderstand me. I never wished that I'd gone to boarding school and never would. However, to think that Mallory Towers are simply books about a school would be an error. Setting them in a boarding school is just a means to an end. It's a way to get these young women away from adult influence and let them find their own way, find their own moral compass and forge their own path. Like Harry Potter or Lord of the Flies, or the cement garden. The real intrigue of these stories is what would life be if we could start again? What would we do if there was no one telling us the rules? I'm beginning to think that Mallory Towers is almost an anarchist text. Yes, the girls have guidance from the magnificent head teacher, Miss Grayling, 
But largely, they laugh, fight, trick, listen, change, and accept their way into a new world order. And my, doesn't a new world order sound sweet? Perhaps that's why my heart skipped when these books landed on my desk. Somewhere deep in my cultural DNA, I knew that this was the moment for Enid Blyton. This was the moment to fizz with anticipation, not about being naughty or edgy or bad, but to get butterflies about being good. When did that happen? When did we become so tarnished that it's the norm to be cynical, every day to be angry, humdrum to express hatred? Now, it's radical to crave joy. It's alternative to show understanding and it is punk rock to choose to be good. I started working on this project several years ago and whilst I can't quite remember when I started adapting it, I do remember an early reading happening way back in 2013. Mallory Towers, Act 1, Scene 1. A large book is projected and opens to reveal the title Mallory Towers. The next words are projected as if being written freehand by Enid Blyton. The girls tumble off the stage and into the audience to find their luggage and say goodbye to their parents, all except Belinda, who takes out her sketchbook. Belinda starts to sketch and we see Paddington Station and a train appear. The train for Cornwall is now boarding at Platform 1. Platform 1, destination Cornwall. Hearing that again reminds me of just how much this script has evolved over the last six years. There is a personal reason why I'm so drawn to these books. Those of you that know my work will know that I've often been drawn to stories around the period of the Second World War. Brief Encounter, 946, The Amazing Story of Adolphus Tips, A Matter of Life and Death. It's a time that feels close enough to touch, as I vividly remember my grandparents and how the war affected their lives in so many different ways. My mum's parents, rural, poor and largely uneducated, decided that their children would have access to all the things that they hadn't. I don't know how they managed it financially. My granddad was a railway worker and my gran an unqualified teacher. But my mum was sent to a highly respected grammar school in Dorset, Lord Digby's School for Girls. It doesn't take a genius to begin to see the parallels. Let me tell you a bit about my mum's schooling. She would leave her Dorset village of Holywell very early each morning and then had to take the train and then the bus to get to school. Every day, rain, sunshine and snow, there and back. Whilst not a boarding school at that time, Lord Digby's was an extraordinary place of learning that changed my mother's and, by extension, my own life. The educational ideals that Lord Digby stood for reach out across 60 years and more. Like powerful tendrils, they've even managed to reach over my own Nottingham comprehensive education and have helped me shape my own beliefs and my own choices to this day. Here's my mum remembering her school days firsthand. So what was it like? Describe it to me. The building? Yeah, the the start with the building. The building was absolutely fantastic. It was um, an 18th century building, a a manor house. It had three storeys. And if you went in the main door, which we as school children were never allowed to go in, mind you, you came into the hall and there was a marvellous staircase 
and I have to say that we were never allowed to run on the stairs. And when we were prefects, we had to stand looking down the stairs, and if any of the girls ran, they were immediately told off because you were not allowed to do that. They were beautiful wooden stairs and these marvellous murals around. So um, on the ground floor was a very nice library um, with lots of books, which we were allowed to use as long as we were quiet and respected it. And then the headmistress's study was on the ground floor. And on the next floor, there was a hall, a big hall, where we had morning prayers, etc., and sang hymn. The art room and different classrooms and more classrooms on the top floor. We had a uniform, which was navy blue, a gym slip, uh, blouses, and we had to wear um, blue blazers or coats and a hat. We always had to wear a hat. We were not seen at all without a hat. Um, talk to me about your teachers. The best teacher of all, who I will never, ever forget, was Miss Dew, who taught French. And she was absolutely brilliant. I can't imagine anybody being teaching French better than her. And, of course, I went on to take it at A-level. And when we started doing French literature, she would actually act it out in front of us, speaking in French and acting it out. My mum wrote to Miss Dew until she died and is still great friends with one of the girls she met there. And when I see my mum, born into the poorest of rural backgrounds, enjoying George Eliot and Xavier Beauvoir, speaking French to her childhood pen friend and journeying to the Tate Britain only a couple of weeks ago to see the latest Van Gogh exhibition... I'm stopped in my tracks. After Lord Digby's, she went on to be the first person in the family to go to university, and then to dedicate her professional life to the helping of others. I believe that her long career as a social worker gently changed the lives of many of those in her care, as well as mine. And throughout it all, she's never lost her appetite for life, culture and hope. She's my hero. And I cheer the education that threw this mind, heart and soul into the air and said, be a woman that the world can lean on. I have decided that my adaptation of Mallory Towers will be dedicated to my mum and to the generation of women who taught in those post-war schools. Lives shaped by the savagery of two wars, these teachers devoted themselves to the education and nurture of other women it's also for the two generations of men that died in those same wars, leaving us with the freedom to lead meaningful, safe and empowered lives. And it's for Clement Attlee and his Labour government of 1945, who looked into the face of evil and chose to do what was right. These people changed the political landscape with their determined focus on care, compassion and the common good. Mallory Towers was written at the heart of this political revolution and I feel embodies a kindness, hope and a love of life that knocks my socks off. Long live our appetites and may our shadows never grow less, the girls cry. Mallory Towers is much more rock and roll than anyone thought, least of all me, and that is why its moment is now. We need it. 
like the charismatic Greta Thunberg and all the brave young climate change activists. We want to look into faces not of rage and bitterness, but of hope and truth. We want to sing without care, dance with abandon, and see the world as a precious gift that we have temporary custody of. As I'm speaking, the Spice Girls are back to reintroduce girl power to a new generation. But Enid Blyton got there long before them. Daryl, Mary Lou, Gwendolyn, Irene, Bill, Sally and Alicia are back. The original girl power. So, tomorrow at 11 o'clock in the morning, Mallory Towers starts a whole new chapter. And I can't wait. Head back to school this summer with Enid Blyton's Mallory Towers. Live on stage at the Passenger Shed Bristol. Join Daryl, Mary Lou and friends for midnight feasts and thrilling adventures as they discover what the world has in store for them. The new show from director Emma Rice and the creators of Wise Children and Brief Encounter, Mallory Towers is at the Passenger Shed right next to Bristol Temple Mead Station from the 19th of July. Book now at bristololdvic.org.uk